Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. This episode of the show is brought to you by Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a healthy subscription-based meal planning service. With the school year starting, I know a lot of people are getting back into routines, and this is a really good way to make that happen. You guys have heard from the founder of Prep Dish, Allison Schaff, on this podcast, if you've been listening. She was episode 118, so if you haven't listened to that, go back and listen. She has a really inspiring story of entrepreneurship and starting this business that I really believe in. So what Prep Dish does is they plan your menu for you. They give you a detailed grocery list. You show up at the store. It's thoughtfully planned out. You can pick up everything that Allison plans for you and you have your meals planned for the week. You spend two to three hours on Sunday prepping for the week and there you go. There you have it. You have your meals prepped for the entire week. No more thinking, no more stress, no more mealtime guesswork. She has gluten-free and paleo meal plans, and they're all healthy, tasty, and you guys will enjoy them all week long. So you guys can get two weeks for free if you go to prepdish.com slash another. Use the code another to get two weeks for free. There's no reason not to try this service. I really believe in it, and I really believe in Allison and her mission behind her work. So check them out, you guys. All right, today you're listening to episode 136, and I'm talking to returning guest Allie Kiefer. She has been on the show two times already. She was episode 89, right after she placed fifth at the New York City Marathon, and she was also episode 104. We caught up when she was training in Kenya. Allie is coming back from an injury. She's announced that she's running the New York City Marathon, which is really exciting. And in this episode, we catch up on her training now, her recent races she's done, and what the training looks like for New York and what she's excited about. We also get a little bit into talk on body image and things like that. So I really enjoy this conversation and I hope you will too. I love catching up with Allie every time she comes back on the show. And before we get started talking with Allie, I want to thank one more sponsor and that is Victorious. Victorious brings the fitness studio to you with live group fitness classes that you can participate in anywhere at any time. They offer real-time classes You can stream live from your computer, your phone, your tablet, or your TV, and it's not just streaming. They're interactive. So you book an appointment, and you have an instructor who is alive at the time that you book the appointment. This holds you accountable, and we're talking about high-intensity interval training, yoga, boxing, cardio, and more. There are great cross-training methods for runners out there, and I love the complimentary yoga offered. Classes are 35 to 45 minutes, and they happen throughout the day and the evening. So you can take unlimited classes each month for the price of a single fitness class. No equipment to buy and no getting locked into long-term contracts. All you need is you. I love that the fitness instructor is there live at the scheduled time that you book. So we have a special offer for listeners. You guys can get one month for free of unlimited Victorious Fitness classes when you sign up at victorious.com another. That's victorious.com slash another to try it out for one month free. All the information for everything we talk about in this podcast and the sponsors will be in my show notes, lindsayhine.com. All right, you guys, I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Allie Kiefer. Okay, so we've got Allie Kiefer. Allie, you are a third time returning guest on my show. I think you're, you might be the only one. You know Mary Johnson. She's been on three times, so... Uh, welcome back, returning guest. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here for a third time. <laughs> One of my favorites. You came on right after New York last fall, and then we talked again when you were training in Kenya. 
Yeah, that was super fun. <laughs> so you, um, what have you been up to? You're in Phoenix right now. Yeah, I'm in Phoenix seeing John Ball and kind of melting. It's like 115 degrees outside. It's oh my insane. gosh. Yeah. Tell me who uh, John Ball is. He's a chiropractor. Okay. And, um, he's like a magician. Like he just has like this amazing ability to figure out what's wrong with people. Um, so he solves a lot of runners problems where they don't know why they're hurt. I don't really have that problem right now. I know that I'm not injured at all. Um, I just am too anterior tilted. And so it's like kind of throwing off my mechanics and just making me less efficient. So I'm trying to get out of that, like that place so I can use the right muscles and not put extra stress on places. Um, and so it's just a lot of like manual therapy kind of work, which beats you up a bit. He's a bit aggressive, mm-hmm. um, which definitely works, but it's just hard to like keep training through. And then also it's 115 degrees outside. So Oof, training in yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so it's been a down week, but that's fine. How long I, are you there for? I came Monday and I leave on Friday. Okay. So, so you're just doing five days. Yeah, I'm just doing five days. I came for a week and a half a month ago, and um, I got lucky. A tropical storm rolled in, so (laughs) I was hoping that would happen this time, but not as lucky. So, yeah, I'm hoping that, like, I can kind of maintain this for a little while, and I don't really have to come back in a month. Um, It's kind of better to be safer than sorry, especially because I want to do a race in a little over a month, but I'm trying to figure out that move. Like I moved to Boulder recently. So, you know, finding people there that can help me maintain, you know, and so I don't have to keep coming back here, um, would probably be ideal. So is John Ball like this magic guy that elite runners flock to, to get adjusted on a regular basis? I mean, how do you know about this guy and, and what, where did this come from? So I went to grad school at Arizona state and he went to college and ran for Arizona state. Hmm. So, um, he was like well known here for a long time. And then, but now it's like the first like really pro I met in his office was Lauren Fleshman. Okay. Um, but this time like Emily Infield, Alexi Pappas were here. Um, Colleen Quigley was just here before, like when, before the U S champs. Matt Centrowitz like flew him up to Utah. I mean, some guy <laughs> has like flown him on his like private jet. So people like the words definitely out. People are seeing him a lot. Um, and yeah, so he's pretty amazing. Um, I just haven't met really anybody like him that I think a lot of times when you say like your Achilles hurts, people work on your Achilles and like John will figure out why your Achilles is hurting and where that's actually coming from. So, um, like I've also had like bone problems. So I'll get a stress reaction and a doctor usually just say like, take six weeks off. But John will be like, you're not going to get any better if you do absolutely nothing. So Mm -hmm. yeah, he can't help you fix your bone issue, but he can figure out or try to figure out why that is happening. Right. So like I've had this problem, my second metatarsal that I get stress reactions or stress fractures there. And it's, like I need to figure out why that's happening and change that or else it's going to continue happening. Yeah. Because so that was the injury you had this spring. So that's a reoccurring injury. Yeah. I had it in college. Okay. So never since college, but 
I had it like four times in college. So yeah. So like, what is with that one spot? Why is that happening? So I land on the outside of my right foot and roll in and then put a, like the stress of pushing off for the next stride on that second and third metatarsal. Okay. And like, it's not meant to hold that load. You're supposed to put it on the first. So you're a big toe. Okay. So, so like I will definitely get injured if I go back to marathon training <laughs> and I'm still doing that. Yeah. So what's he, t- what's he telling you to do to fix that? So I have really bad mobility in my ankles. Like they're really locked up. So he's trying to give me mobility back there. And then I need to probably do some kind of like maintenance plan on my own. Okay. Yeah. Well, so you moved to Boulder. I don't think I knew that. Oh yeah. I moved to Boulder. When did you move to Boulder? Well, I've been hopping around a little bit, but (laughs) (laughs) um, probably like, um, like a little less than a month ago, I'd say I, I was dating a guy who lives in Buffalo, New York, and that's where we were living together. And unfortunately we, we broke up. So Um, I got on a flight to come visit John and I just like brought a little suitcase. Oh my gosh, this is so you (laughs) for the week. And I, I just like my boyfriend and I broke up in the morning. I had an afternoon flight out (laughs) of there and then I just didn't like put the pieces together that, you know, I didn't really have much else in Buffalo other than an (laughs) ex-boyfriend. So I, um, I didn't go back. I just went to Boulder instead. It was like, you know, I have my coach Brad there and a whole team and friends even outside of running. So it's just a really easy spot for me to go back to. Um, and then after Boilermaker, I just went back to Buffalo to like move my stuff and Mm -hmm. check on everything. And, um, yeah. So now I'm, I mean, I say I moved, but (laughs) an Airbnb being a place like, I don't actually have a home. <laughs> I was wondering about that. Well, all my furniture is in Buffalo, and I don't like winter, so I still would like to go to Kenya in the winter. Uh-huh. So um, I just figured it was like made more financial sense to pay more short-term to Airbnb something uh-huh. than to carry it in the winter when I don't want to be there. Okay, but so you want to go back to Kenya, but you hate um, – or well, you hate the winter, but you're talking about melting in Phoenix right now. What's the weather difference in Kenya – uh, in the winter time, he, like our winter time. Yeah, I'm a bit of a princess. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 70s, 80s. Though, oh, okay. Kenya. So it's not too hot. No, it was all because I was at 7,000 feet. So it'd be like, you know, Flagstaff. Okay. It's like 80s at the highest. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's really manageable. And I liked the weather. I mean, it was definitely like warm when I was there this winter or the past winter, but it, in a, like a nice way. It wasn't too hot to train or anything. You weren't melting. 115 really is just too hot. Is that what it is right now in Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, man, that sounds miserable. I, I mean, right now, 38 weeks pregnant, I'm like, I can't even imagine like trying to breathe in that. But just in, regardless, like that is hot. Yeah. I mean, you can't really go outside. What, like, are, you, what are you doing for running, though, in the five days that you're there? The treadmill. Yeah. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah. All of I them stepped outside. Yeah. And I took yesterday off. I, I was supposed to have a workout today. Um, but I'm just really beat up from like trying to get back in a better position that I, I don't think I could do a workout. The last time I did a workout here a month ago, I ended up running like four times a mile 
10 seconds lower than I averaged last week in Boulder for Mm. six times a mile. So, and this is not elevation, like 10 seconds slower for fewer miles. And you were doing it outside? Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't too, too hot. It probably was like 85, which is still really warm, but, um, I can run in that. I mean, yeah. If you did it on a treadmill, is the treadmill fast enough if you're doing mile repeats? I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, because some really, go to like 12, right? Like 12.0, which would be, would that be a five-minute mile? Is that a six-minute? I don't know. Six-minute mile, I think, is oh, 10. 10. I think it's yeah. 10. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm sure that it would be fast enough. Um, I've never, I haven't done that many workouts on a treadmill. Yeah. Like more tempos than intervals. Yeah. Hard, um, hard to get it to crank up that high. You have to really legit treadmill to like, for it not to be rickety when you're running that fast. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not used to the treadmill, like you're brisking, hurting something sure. else. Totally. So you, so now you're in Boulder and you get a train with your, with Brad Hudson and in your group. So are you finding that beneficial to be with the group? Yes. It's been so much fun. I really, really love the people that he has on the team. Just everyone's super supportive and like, you always want other people that understand what you're doing and like your dreams and goals and aspirations. And I just feel like everybody on his team really is like dialed in and wants to achieve the same thing. And we're all really focused. Um, so it's, it's nice to be a part of that because it's not like some people are kind of out like partying or doing the, more of the social scene. Like we're all really focused on running fast. So it's, it's been nice. So let's talk about the fact that you announced that you're coming back to New York. Yeah. So did you always know or did you really just decide? I mean, coming off the fifth place last year. I mean, I always wanted to come back from like the finish line. I wanted to come back, but <laughs> um, I, I, and I, I don't really think that I didn't think I'd be able to get in. And since I placed fifth, I thought that they would, it'd be fine. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and like I, I'm from New York, so not only was it a good race, but it, it's like homecoming for me. And I have a bunch of friends like, and family that can come out and watch and go home afterwards. So um, I really, I, I don't know why I wouldn't want to keep continuing to go back. But so, um, yeah, that all got finalized like pretty quickly, though, because just because I want to go back and they might want me to come back doesn't mean that they're like November 6th going to be like, Oh, Hey, you did well. Like, of course you can come back. You have to make a, like a contract and an agreement. Um, so that all does like happens on the same kind of like time frame that it does every year. So okay. nothing was like set in stone until really recently. Okay. So what's, what are your sights set on? I know it's a broad question. The podium. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you always want to improve. So like top three would be amazing to be on, but, um, there's, I'm sure there'll be an incredible group of women there. I heard that they put a lot more money into the women's field and the men's field. So that is kind of cool. Why is that? That's interesting. Because women's running is on fire right now. Yeah. 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 Like that's where the real like the races are the races seem to be better on the women's side and the women are I mean Kipchoge is like breaking world records and close to that but like <laughs> the women are really like there's a group yeah. you know 
we're and not just I mean the Americans are doing incredible stuff not just Americans I think across the board women's running is just really exciting right now and um, people are getting behind women's sports a lot like it's a great time to be a woman in sport yeah what does it feel like to be in that mix you just placed fourth at Peachtree behind Steph Bruce Alephine and Sarah Hall I mean those are huge names what does it feel like to be, I mean, now you've been, now you've been one of those names since you placed fifth in New York. What's that like? So I felt like before I was always in like the chase pack. Like I couldn't hang with those girls through the whole race. And to be honest, I feel like in Peachtree, I didn't hang with them the whole race either. Like I think Steph beat me by a pretty good margin in at Peachtree. Um, but I was really happy because I feel like for that course, um, the humidity, the heat, like, and coming back from the injury, I I was still really happy with what I achieved because I feel like you want to win, you want a podium at most races, like you want to do as best as you can. Um, you, you, like if you, it's hard to explain. (laughs) So I feel like I can only control how well I do, not how everyone else does. So while I was wanted to move up in place, like I was really happy with the performance that I gave because it was everything I had. Um, and then a few days later, I really had no expectation. And I went to Boilermaker and did this 15K. And I stayed with the Africans for eight miles, like eight of the 9.3 miles of the race. So that actually felt like that gave me a lot more confidence than Peachtree did because Peachtree to me was like a lot of, kind of where I've been that I, I just like, I'm right off those like top American women. Um, and obviously like Gwen was there and there are other like really good runners in the race. And, and it was a a bit of a stepping stone because I do feel like before I was like, just keep chasing the people I like think are really good in the sport and want to run with. And like Gwen obviously did really well at nationals. So I take beat some people that, you know, had done really well this season was good. Like I was really happy with that. So tell us about the Boilermaker 15 K because the peach tree, everybody knows about it, you know, it was everywhere, but Boilermaker, I feel like is, is not as known of a race. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, one thing I know is that having beer at the finish line is a big deal. Did you have some beer? (laughs) No, they run a tight ship over there and we're like not allowed into the party. Oh, it's a massive party. Like I've never seen anything like it. And so if they let the pros go, like it'd be really hard to get them all back on the bus. Oh, okay. I think they're afraid of actually losing everyone. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so I agree with you. I think Peachtree is more well-known. I mean, it's a U.S. championship and um, Boilermaker. It doesn't seem like as many Americans do. It's part of um, the PRRO circuit. I think that's what it's called. And so there are a few races and there are a lot of Africans that do it. There's a lot of prize money for like the circuit if you win that. So um, Cherry Blossom, um, there's a race in Spokane. Um, I'm trying to think of like the other races. There are a few of them around the country that are all part of this circuit. And they're all like very competitive. Um, Pittsburgh 10 Mile, I think, is one of them too. And so there, um, so I went and did that because it's kind of like 
on the way back to Buffalo. Um, so it just worked out for me that it was like a good opportunity to get Like I could just get another race in on the way to where I wanted to go. Um, so I didn't really have like very high expectations going into it since I had just raced Beechtree and I was, I raced the Boilermaker last year. So I had been the first American there and I wanted to duplicate that. And there was a good American field. Lindsay Flanagan was there. Um, Aaliyah Gray was there. So my kind of thought pattern going into it was that I would just kind of stick with the Americans and let the Africans go because we probably ran together for like a mile or two last year as a big pack. And then the Africans started kind of sprinting and I just let them go because I was out of my wheelhouse and I had a really good race. So I thought, you know, we'll just do the same thing yet. I'll stay right behind whatever the first American is and not make any moves until the end because I'm still recovering from peach tree. And then Lindsay Flanagan went out with the Africans. Like she was all in. Mm. And so I was like, all right, well, so am I (laughs) hop on board then. Um, and it was that like mile one. Yeah. Well, the first mile they went out, not crazy. It was like normal pace. And then we actually slowed down for a couple miles I remember talking to Lindsay. I was like, see, I told you because <laughs> they, then, then they started cranking it. Like, but I never really ran with the Africans when they did the surges like that. And so you hear that in the front of a lot of races, like they fart lick kind of with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just never had experienced before myself. So I just kind of like hung along for the ride. Um, I didn't really notice when Lindsay dropped and then at some point it was just the Africans and me. So, but we were going from like 520 to 550. There was a sub five minute mile. Like it was all over the place. Um, and I actually train like that a lot. I do a lot of like, like in a, I'll do like a 10 mile tempo and we'll do two miles fast, one easy or like moderate, really not easy. But, um, a lot of like in and out change of pace kind of stuff. So I think that maybe all that is, you know, helping me now, but, um, it was really cool to like be a, a part of, of that race. Cause really that's where I want to be in New York city. Yeah. So I think that I'm much better over 26 miles than nine miles. So hopefully, you know, it goes that way at just a few places up in New York city. But, um, I had never, I just feel like there, there are little steps that I'm taking. Like it definitely was a time improvement over last year, the same race. And, you know, obviously peach tree was a good run. Um, and then those are both PRs like time wise for my career and the 5k did earlier in the season. So I feel like I'm making gains in the shorter races, which will definitely help later. Um, but it, None of nothing's like overall like oh my god this is amazing incredible you're definitely going to be top three in New York City does that make sense Yeah so did Peachtree give you confidence to run with the Africans at Boilermaker or what what no. in your brain switched <laughs> No it didn't I think I mean it's I I was really positive at Boilermaker. Um, it was interesting, like a lot like 
the New York City last year. So in New York City last year, I remember at some point, you, you know, you get tired. And I was like, Allie, you are doing so well. Like, just pat yourself on the back. And that was a lot of how I felt at Boilermaker. Um, but I kept hanging on. Even, like, it, I think it, at some point it becomes really hard and you want to give up. And, like, my mind is getting a lot stronger that I'm, I'm like, hanging on for longer. And really at Peachtree, I hung on for as long as I could too. I just, you know, I didn't have like enough on that day. Um, but I don't think it's, so do you think it's like a mindset switch or, you know, improvement? Um, and probably also like a bit of fitness improvement, just that I can, I can run with them now when like last year, I really don't think like I could have run with the Africans. What do you so, think the mind shift switch is? Like, what have you done? Oh, man, I read a lot. I work on goals. Like, I podcast. I I try to, I mean, you can only focus a few hours a day on, like, actually physically improving yourself. But recovering, mindset, like, you can spend a lot of time on that. So I just use my free time to, like, one book in particular, Dina Castor's book was in, incredible. So good. Um, yeah. So good. Did you read it? Oh yeah. 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 Totally. And I mean, I would definitely recommend that to everyone. Um, she gives a lot of tips on like how she went through it. And I feel like, you know, you start reading things like that or hearing in a podcast about it and you can start using them in your own training. Um, I, I do feel like whatever you do in training is you're more likely to do in the race. So you should try them in training too. Um, one thing I did in, started in Kenya was like, I think the typical American way is you want to, if you're supposed to hit like 80 second quarters, you want to be like right on the money. And in Kenya, I hired a pacer and I would say, you know, I want to do the 80 second quarter and maybe it was like 82 at first and then 78 and then 79, 81, whatever. Like I just went with it and in the race, like you don't have complete control. If you want to just go with the leaders, like I don't get to control what they're going to go out in. So if that's where I want to be, then that's like where, what I need to teach myself to do even in training. So if I run with other people, um, or I have a pacer in myself and I were like, okay, well this is about what we want to do, but tendencies for everyone to go out fast. So that's totally fine. I just kind of been rolling with it. Um, and then when things get hard, you have to practice the strategies that you want to use in the race. So that's being positive. I mean, being positive definitely works a lot better for me. Um, like kind of patting myself on the back in the middle of a race. And even if like people are moving away from me and I can't keep up with them, if I'm running well for myself, I can stay positive in my own mind about my own race and still run to my best ability. That's good. That's a, that's a tweetable quote right there. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I got that line from Oprah, so. Oh, <laughs> learning from the legend herself. Oh, yes. Well, so that makes me think just in you talking about, like, even if you can't keep up with them, patting yourself on the back, though. Um, just that whole scenario makes me think about, I think it was Jordan Hase last year in Chicago when, was it Chicago. Yeah, I think, yeah, because she's only done two marathons. It was Chicago. 
And the Africans were going out way faster than what she had anticipated. But she was kind of like, well, this is the race and I'm here to try to win. So like, I'm going to go with them. Do you kind of have a mindset like that for New York? Um, a little bit, but I, I mean, obviously like I ran by myself last year and it worked out really well. So I, if they go out like suicidal pace, I'm not going with them. <laughs> yeah. But New York is generally like not super fast until at least halfway. Um, so I think it would depend, like, you know, you're already through a lot of the race before you have to make that decision. And I do think though, if you want to win, you have to be with them. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can get, you can still podium without like being with them. So I just think it depends how the race shakes out. And, um, I haven't really thought like that much about it because it's so far away and, you don't even know what shape I'll be in by then. Right. Um, and so, and you don't really know how everyone's going to do over the hills. So, um, yeah, there's still a lot to like think about for that, but I would like to put myself in a position where I felt like I could run with them. Like, I think that is the goal is to be able to match moves and run with the top pack. And if I feel uncomfortable doing that on the day, then I will probably pick the smart decision and run my own race and just do as best as I can. Cause then you come back to like, you're, you know, you're doing the best for yourself and pat yourself in the back and keep moving forward. Um, and if podium doesn't happen cause other people had it a lot more than me, there's nothing to be ashamed of if you gave it your all and did the best you could. I mean, I feel like to an extent I've only tr- really trained for one marathon. So, and that was New York city last year. So I'd need to like tweak things and try new things and see what works and what doesn't try to try to like trial and an error it until we get to the Olympic trials. Cause I think that's the main goal. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, well, and the fact that you ran so much of it alone last year and you still place so high, I mean, that's got to give you some sort of confidence that if you do let the race just play out that you can still like pick people off. Cause I mean, how many people did you pick off in the last 10 K? Yeah. I'm a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know the number, but um, yeah, I, mean, I think you definitely can. I think, I mean, I think always being smart is going to like give you a better outcome. Um, that at least for me, like the type of runner that I am, I, I do much better in that kind of situation than falling back. Um, maybe that's like the mental side is because I wasn't as strong before, which is like something I'm getting better at because now I can still like stay positive in my own race, even when people are kind of dropping me. Um, but I, I, I feel like there's a lot to gain from the fifth place in New York city last year, because that training going into that race was not that good. Like the, it's so relative, right? Like, sure. Yeah. Compared to what I did in Kenya, that training was like nothing. Like I feel like I would have crushed the London marathon based on Mm. how much better the training was. So, but I didn't get to the race. I didn't get to the start line. So that's another learning piece is that, you know, 
okay, this was going really well, but you got injured before it. So like all these like different little like aspects of the training and things you might have to think about and tweak and change to figure out like, what was it from New York that really enabled me to run that fast? Because if I don't feel like the training really showed I could run that time or place fifth or then, I mean, something obviously like worked. So, you know, you just have to dissect like all the training and, um, and kind of figure like piece things together and try new things. And you hear, I feel like a lot of marathoners now are like trying the same thing because you don't really get that many opportunities to race often, like a 5k. Um, so you need to figure out like a training plan. And I think different things work for different people. So like part of, like part of what Brad and I are trying to do now is just figure out what really is working. Um, and so like one of the big changes I'm making from when I was in Kenya training for the London marathon is just, I'm going to do a shorter buildup. So I have a, a race at the beginning of September, which will be like a half distance. Um, I'm not sure which race yet, but I'm like specifically training for a half marathon right now. You knew and that was going to be my next question. Which one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, I really want to go to Lille, which is a half marathon in France, but, um, if that doesn't work out, then I'd go to the U S 20 K champs. I just really want like a good half marathon time, not a 20 K time. That's right. Like, we're so close. Let's just do a half. Yeah. Let's just do the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and is, is the shorter build because of the, to maybe keep you from getting injured again? Yes. Okay. It is. And I think that like, I'm kind of like, um, one thing Brad my coach thought was that I went into training for London marathon, like already in pretty good shape. And maybe it was like just too much as when you're already in shape, Uh huh. but it was the same length of the build I did for the New York city marathon. But I, I like was not coming into really good shape. Like I mean, I, I had run a 10 K and qualified for nationals and stuff. So obviously like things had been going well and I was in good shape, but I took like three down weeks. Like I had, I went on vacations. Um, I wasn't running nearly as many miles as I am now. So just like all those factors change, I think the buildup, you know, and I think that's why, um, like elites do shorter buildups than recreational runners because they're already running so many miles uh-huh. that they can't just do a 15, 16 week buildup. It's too much. So I was doing a 13 week buildup. Um, and when you're or like, I had been running like 70 miles a week last year around this time. And now I'm running a hundred. So like, you know, it's just, you can't do the exact same thing. So when you say build up though, for only 12, 13 weeks, um, and you're already running a hundred mile weeks, then what is the ramping up of that build up look like? Because a hundred miles already sounds like a lot. Yeah. So I'll get up to a max of 105 in half marathon training. And like long runs won't go over 18 miles. Um, and it will be like specifically geared to a half mile, a half marathon race. So like all the intervals are like 10 to 15 K I'd say 10, 14 K. Um, so like in that kind of range and like tempos will be shorter. So everything's just like the goal is, a little bit shorter than a marathon and faster. Right. So 
the training would be the same way. And then I do up to 115 miles in marathon training. So that's what I did when I was in Kenya. And, um, we'll get up to like 24 mile long runs. Okay. So I want to get into, uh, your strong, not skinny stuff because it's, it's important and people talk about it a lot. Um, can I read your post an Instagram post? Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, I can't remember how many days ago you posted this, but you said a few days ago, I wrote a post that I was uncomfortable with the extra weight I've gained. A lot of people commented to throw out the scale. While I don't believe the scale is an indicator of health or fitness, I don't believe it's the enemy either. The scale is just a number. It's not why I'm uncomfortable. Most changes a body composition are awkward, like growing from a child to a woman or being pregnant. I'm happy, healthy, open, and honest. I'll keep sharing how I feel because it's only through truth and acceptance that we find love and compassion for ourselves and others as well. So what I love about you and this is that um, it's like you understand that strong is more important than weight and being thin and, and ultimately being stronger is going to help you run faster, but you're not trying to hide and say, but I don't still struggle with like body image and things like that because I feel like people see people like you, uh, and think, Oh, she figured it out, you know, but -hmm. you're open and vulnerable about it. Well, yeah, I think that's, it's been tricky to kind of figure out because people, do think that I just had it figured out. And like, that was a lot of questions after in New York city, like, well, you have this figured out. So like, how did you make the switch? Like, how did your mindset change from, you know, when you're in college? And I was like, well, I don't have it really completely figured out. Like, do we ever completely have it figured out? I don't know. Um, and I'll get kind of people after races that are say, Oh, it's so great that you won. Cause you're a bigger girl. <laughs> like that's still insulting. Yeah. Like, still don't want to hear that. But, um, I just feel like, like as I learn and, and grow and figure out some, some things, like I want to share it. So, um, also I, I feel like people deserve to know the truth and I want to be honest. Like I'm just, that is just kind of me anyway. Like I, I, I mean, I'm glad that it's helping other people, but it helps me too. like in, sharing the journey and getting support. Um, there's a bunch of people going through it. So like people have been really helpful to me too. I know that there are a lot of comments under some of those body image posts that are like, Oh, you're so inspiring. But man, it's like everyone else that's been a part of the journey with me. That's inspired me to keep sharing. So it's just been nice to get such like a good reaction and from like everything that I'm going through because it's hard. I mean, it's hard to feel like it's, it's interesting because some of my friends that don't run are like, Oh, like you look just like them. Like you look exactly the same. I don't know what you're talking about. Or like, it's only at races that, you know, maybe you look a little bit bigger. And to me, that's exactly where it is. Like I show up in the starting line of a race and all of a sudden, like I feel uncomfortable, which is a horrible feeling. So, um, trying to work out that mentality and, and not put so much stock in looking like everyone else has definitely think helped the running too. I mean, just going to a race and like 
still having my confidence on the starting line has been huge. Uh, I'm not like looking around thinking like I need to fit in anymore. And so do I still like wish that I just fit in? Probably. Yeah. But I, I don't. And I'm like coming to a place where I'm accepting that more and more. And, and so I think that that's been a big part of the mindset shift too. Well, yeah. And I think that, um, I don't know. It just, it makes me think of my own life too. When I look in the mirror, like I have a generally healthy, uh, outlook on my body image and things like that and have thankfully never struggled with an eating disorder. But that's not to say there aren't times I look in the mirror and I'm like, Ugh, I don't feel you know, like I feel gross looking right now. And, um, it's just kind of like the reality of, of life sometimes. And, and even if most of the time you feel good, I think it's important to share those moments where it doesn't always feel that great because other people are looking and thinking, well, it would be nice to be that confident, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if really there are that many people that are that super confident though. Like even the really fit trim looking women on the starting line, I think have self-conscious issues too. Sometimes like, we think that it's just us struggling alone by ourselves, but I don't think that's true at all. So tell me some of the things that you do to become stronger, because when you talk about the scale and weight gain, um, the six or eight pounds or whatever heavier you are now, that's muscle. Uh, what are you doing to create that muscle? Like what are some of your favorite strength exercises that are helping you run faster? So my favorite is hip thrust. Um, I do hip thrust, squats, deadlift, um, kettlebell swings. Those are like the big four exercises I do on a workout day. And then I have some plyometrics I do on the day after a workout. And then like the third day I'll do abs and push-ups. Um, so that's my little mini routine. I just kind of cycle through it. So like every third day I'll do a workout and then I'll start the, that strength routine over again. So is that like when you say workout, is that a a running workout day? Yes. Okay. So you do, do you do the workout first and then you do the strength stuff? Yes. Okay. All right. So going into New York, coming off of the injury, uh, where are you emotionally? I mean, that had to be really hard to, be in such good shape and have to pull out of London knowing, like you said, what you feel like your body was going to be prepared to do emotionally. How do you shift? So, I mean, at first it was really tough. Um, I thought that I'll just like deal with this stress fracture for a few weeks and then I was running on the alter G. Everything will come back really quick because I was in such good shape. And you know, like things weren't like going super well with my boyfriend and I was like hopping kind of all around to try to see doctors and like figure out what was going on with my foot. Cause I've had this problem over and over again. Um, just like, wasn't, you know, like with my support group and maybe like struggling on my own to try to make all that work. So, um, then I went to mammoth to go do altitude training when I could run again. So I started my like first workouts back in altitude. Mammoth is at like 7,800 feet. And 
it was a real struggle. <laughs> it was like very humbling experience. Um, and my coach was just like, I don't know if you should do the first race in your schedule. Like things have not been going that great. Um, but I had committed to going to school visits to do like to talk to kids in different schools. And so I was, I was kind of like locked into going to the race, you know, unless I'm going to leave the kids high and dry, which I didn't really want to do. So I decided to just go and, you know, the very least just do the school visits, but the race day came and I was feeling a little bit better. So I went out and did the race and ended up going really well. So it, it like since that was in June, beginning of June. And then I had another race July 4th was peach tree. So I had a month to kind of like, you know, rally and get some good workouts in before the next race. And really I only had one good workout <laughs> and then that race went really well. And so did the next one. So, um, it's been interesting because I don't feel at all like how I did in Kenya. Like in Kenya, I felt really good and I was running more miles. So it doesn't like you'd think that I'm running fewer miles. I'd feel better now. Um, but I think like it, it's kind of having confidence in yourself that, you know, just keep along the plan and, and things will kind of work out. So, uh, definitely, I feel like almost seems like a fairy tale when you just look at the race results, but it's been like a super big grind and just like kind of believing in yourself and keep showing up. I know that's Desi's big line, just keep showing up. So I try to do that, stay um, mentally positive and, and believe that it's all going to work out in the end. Um, I heard that she's running Boston or New York too. Yeah, she is. I just think it's going to be a really good field. Yeah. Like, American it's I feel like it's going to be like the the old Boston again where yes. how, how good the Americans were yeah um, I know that you guys are like yeah I know that you were one of the first to announce really so it'll be exciting to see who else is announcing yeah it should be like middle of August I think people announce so why did you announce earlier so I am doing a training plan with Brad Hudson we're coaching people for fall marathons and uh, like third of the proceeds go back to the New York Road Runners Run for the Future program. So we're trying to raise money for charity, um, which is why I'm an, I announced early because in a few weeks it's too late to try to start training people for fall marathons. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I actually, I just interviewed um, Christine Burke over there with the New York Road Runners. So um, and I told her, I was like, I'm about to hop on a call with Allie Kiefer. And she was really excited that you're coming back. Um, so that makes sense. Yeah. Cause we were talking about the training programs and stuff. Yeah. So run for the future is a program where, um, girls going into their senior year of high school get selected and they go through like coursework for a few weeks and some runs. So they learn about like, you don't actually have to have brand before the program. So they get kind of introduced to running and nutrition tips, health habits, like financial help, kind of just like life skills. Um, and then at the end of the program, they get a scholarship to a college of their choice. So it's like, I mean, really nice opportunity for kids that maybe wouldn't have been able to afford college before. It's so it's just a really cool thing. And I'm trying to, uh, to help out. So I would love for this to be a huge success and to get 
those girls a lot of money for school. So are these New York City based girls? Yes. Okay, so they have to be in the city. Yes. I mean, I assume so. Um, that would make sense to me. Okay, so what are you most excited about with this block of training? Um, what What are you most excited about trying different, doing the same? So I, I'm actually really excited to run 115 miles a week and not get injured. Yeah. I think that's going to happen. Um, I think that I'm like fixing the reasons why and, and I'm making myself more durable. So I'm excited to like prove that to myself. Um, I would also really like to get a huge PR and a half. Um, and, and I feel like, like health wise and nutritionally, like I'm getting to, I'm a really good place there. And I think that's exciting. I know that my latest Instagram post was on like my kind of like transformation. I had got this bod pod readings done in 2012, um, where I, I really just wanted to run faster. And I thought that like faster was skinnier. So my goal was just to lose weight. Um, and I have lower body fat now, but I've lost only like a half pound of body fat. But it's because my muscle has increased so much which has really made me faster. And part of the muscle increase is definitely lifting, but it's also what I've been eating. Ooh, okay. I mean, just like having, I've been having more protein and like the carbs immediately after exercise to recover. So like figuring out some of those timing issues, I guess, is like probably been hugely beneficial in gaining more muscle. Yeah, what are what are some of the, your favorite meals that you're eating to to help in that area? So it's funny because it's I mean I definitely I I was eating like a really high carb diet especially in Kenya, um, which is probably great for recovery, <laughs> mm-hmm. but not great for building muscle. So um, I wouldn't say it's like even specifically like you have to make X Y or Z. It was just the like changing how, when I eat what. And so like immediately after exercise, now I'll have some type of carb. I really like banana bread or like banana bread muffins. So I've been having that like immediately afterwards because the um, person I'm seeing said within 10 minutes of working out, you should eat something because actually what happens is that you don't stop breaking down your muscles until you eat something. So I know like a lot of people, like I, I take Morton um, sometimes after the workouts because it's easy on the go. Like you have to think of some things that you can bring with you if you're not running from home. Cause what is it? Morton? Yeah. It's like the, the running fuel drink that oh, a lot okay. of people use but it's an incredibly great recovery drink as well. So is it, so is it a mix of carbs and fat and protein or just carbs? Just carbs. Okay. You don't need fat or protein right after the exercise. Okay. Like the whole protein shake thing, like you can have that later on in the day, but, but you, you want the carbs, the carbs right away. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then I will like, if it's really intense exercise day, you need to have more carbs. Um, but like, I mean, I, I really like kale. So I have a lot of kale salads with some meat in it. Um, and then like, I love salmon. It's one of my favorites. So it's just kind of like changing from all of the like processed 
carbs kind of like, you know, even, even bread. Like if I want to have bread, then it's the best thing to have after the run. Does that make sense? So yeah. you're like just timing things differently rather than you can't have like a certain thing that you like, which I really appreciate from the program because then I never feel like I want to gorge on something because I've been depriving myself of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I I keep thinking about this because I've been eating so crappy in my pregnancy because all I want is like carbs and processed foods. And I'm like, I am motivated and you're making me more motivated to get back on clean eating once this baby comes. Oh, it makes such a difference in how you feel and how you perform. It does. Yeah, it really does. All right, Allie. Well, thank you for the insight on all of that. And I am so excited that you're going back to New York. I just wish I could be there to cheer. I'm, I'm going to be here in Indiana. We've got a, a marathon, the monumental marathon here that same weekend. But, um, yeah, I know that everybody's going to be super pumped and everybody was excited to hear that you were going to be back. Oh, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And good luck with the uh, chiropractic work and, and the training. And I'll look forward to following you on Instagram and seeing how it's going. Oh, thanks. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks, Allie. All right, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks, Allie, for coming back on the show. You're so great. You guys can follow Allie on Instagram. She's Kiefer Allie, K-I-E-F-F-E-R-A-L-L-I-E. And you can follow me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 Make sure you check out our awesome sponsors of the show. Head over to prepdish.com slash another and use the code another for a free two-week trial. Also check out those fitness classes with Victorious. Go to victorious.com slash another to get a month free of unlimited fitness classes. That's victorious.com slash another. If you guys want to be added to my newsletter where I send out the show notes every single week, send me an email, lindsay at lindsayhine.com, and I will add you to my list. All right, guys, if you're loving the show, I would love it if you'd leave me a rating and review. It's one of the best ways potential new listeners can find us. And if you aren't already subscribed and you're new to the show, go ahead and hit subscribe. That's also a great way new listeners can find us. T. Jeff Runs says, hands down, one of my favorite podcasts. What I enjoy most is that Lindsay manages to balance quantity with quality. Lots of people can consistently put out content, but each episode is awesome and it's clear that she's well prepared. Every interview just has the good flow of conversation. Nice work. Thank you so much for leaving that review. I have been dedicated to my weekly Friday episodes since I launched the show back in April 2016 and I love 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 it when I have the opportunity to drop bonus episodes into your feed as well um I can't tell you guys how much excitement I get when I hit publish for every single episode it's like the highlight of my week and I'm not just saying that uh, really enjoying doing this and when I read a review like that it makes my day it makes my week and It makes me believe that all my hard work is paying off. So thank you so much for leaving that. I really appreciate it. You guys can find more content from me over on my Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash lindsayhine. I drop bonus episodes over there, and it's just a simple way you can support the podcast. That's patreon.com slash lindsayhine. All right, guys, have a wonderful Friday. Have a great weekend. And as always, I'll see you next Friday.